Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We are located in Collinsville, Virginia. We are glad you joined us today. If you head over to our webpage, you can find more ways to serve, more sermons like this, as well as opportunities to support this ministry through giving. We pray God's blessing on the hearing and the doing of God's Word. Amen. today comes from the book of John, the first chapter beginning in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, son of Joseph, Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Friends, these are the words of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, incarnate one. Come, creator of the thought. We ask that you would be present in the hearing of these words, O God, and that they would bring honor and glory to you. I ask, O God, that you would illumine our hearts and our minds to receive your good news today. Make us ever diligent 
to be reminded that it was you who first knew us. May we be reminded also, God, that we are not as good as we think. Because it is in our understanding of who we are that we find the fullness of your grace. Place the cross before me, allow none to see me, but you and your grace alone. For it is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. March 25th, 2002, was a day that forever changed history in the United States. Does anybody know what happened on March 25th, 2002, roughly 16 years ago? Anybody? It's a very, very significant date. On this day, March 25th, 2002, America found one man with 25 women, and in the end, a single rose. You see, 16 years ago, we met Alex Michael on the first episode of The Bachelor. One year later, we met Trista Wren, our first bachelorette. Sixteen years, America has been captivated by the love life of these people we find on TV. You see, for those of you who have had the honor of never seeing this before, the show is quite simple. One desperate man or woman, sets out to find their true love from a pool of 25 equally desperate individuals. And to spice up the scenario, because in America we like our scenarios spiced up, in the beginning rounds, these 25 pools of people have to live together in the Via de la Vina. Sounds so nice. And it's inside of this house where we are given the opportunity to watch as the participants who are fighting to receive the last rose live together underneath of one roof. It is amazing what these men and these women are willing to do in order to stand out and to become known by the bachelor or the bachelorette in order to win their love. You see, ironically, my early understanding of God was much like watching The Bachelor. You see, I conceptualized a God that needed me to impress. I needed to pray the sinner's prayer so that God could hear my contrite heart and like me. I needed to do good things to show that I was sincere concerning the prayer that I had just prayed so that God could like me. I needed to go up front in the church and I needed to tell the pastor that I had come to faith and then I needed to make a public display of my faith and I needed to get dunked so that everyone that was once skeptical that God liked me 
could now see that God loved me. You see, Christianity to me was nothing more than a hope and a prayer that I might stand out amongst the rest. So, in the example of a trite one, I might receive a rose at the end of this thing we call life. Perhaps this has been your concept of God as well. A God that is covered from you because of his hatred of your sin. A God that can't stand to look at you until we do something or we give something or we act a certain way so that we might earn God's love. But friends, thanks be to God that God is nothing like the bachelor or the bachelorette. You see, I am convinced the more that I read scripture, the deeper that I go into my faith, the more that I experience God, I start to realize that I have placed the starting line of God's love in the wrong place. You see, I have created a starting line of God's love that begins with me and my action. God loves me because I did this. And friends, anytime we assume that any good thing comes from our being, we have already made a grave mistake. You see, the simple fact is we don't have much to show and we don't have much to offer that would make God all of a sudden start loving us. We don't have much to show and we don't have much to offer that would make God desire to be in relationship with us. You see, our problem that we face in today's culture is that all of us seem to want to be perfect. We want to present ourselves as pious and in, in the doing of such things, we then say that we are loved by God. You see, in our gospel lesson today, though, we find Jesus beginning his ministry and calling a group of people together to follow him along on his journey. The first person we find called in this episode of scripture is the person by the name of Philip. Philip is pretty excited that Jesus has somehow decided to include him along his way. So Philip, being the good friend that Philip is, he runs to Nathanael to share the news that they have found the one that the prophets and Moses had spoke about. And Nathanael, being equally the good friend, says, hey, Philip, settle down. Nothing good can come from that place of Nazareth. But Philip says, come and see. So here comes Philip and skeptical Nathaniel approaching Jesus. And as they are on their way, Jesus shouts out to Nathaniel, here, this one right here in front of me. This is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. What a strange thing 
to know about someone you have never formally met. When I read that part in the scripture, it made me pause and say, how does Jesus know these things? He hasn't had the opportunity to spend time with Nathaniel yet. How does he know there's no deceit in his heart? Of course, Nathaniel is equally thrown off about this as I am. He is suspicious of how Jesus knows these things. And in return, Nathaniel asks Jesus a question that we must all pause and ask Jesus at some point in our lives if we too are to truly hear the message of the gospel. Nathaniel asks Jesus, Jesus, when was it that you got to know me? In short, Nathaniel wants to know, Jesus, how do you know me when I don't know you? I can imagine myself praying something like, Jesus, do you know me because of the prayer that I prayed? Jesus, do you know me because of the number of volunteer hours that I have accumulated? Jesus, do you know me because of the time that I slipped a five to the homeless beggar on the street or I gave some cash to the person ringing the bell outside of Walmart? Is that when you got to know me? Certainly, Jesus, you got to know me when I went up front in front of all the church or when I showed my piety in front of everyone when I said that I wanted to be baptized. Certainly, Jesus, is that when you got to know me? Do you know me because of something that I have done, Jesus? For certainly in these moments, these are the moments when you knew me, right? Jesus responds to Nathaniel by stating that before Philip even reached you, Nathaniel, with the good news of who I am, I already saw you there, sitting underneath of the fig tree. Jesus tells Nathaniel, before you ever saw me, before you ever heard anything about me, before another person came to you to tell you about me, I saw you and I knew you. You see, too often in our Christian discipleship, we find ourselves fighting the urge to conflict the good news of Jesus Christ into some sort of works righteousness. Certainly, Jesus, you know me because I have done something. And friends, anytime we find ourselves in a works righteousness, we have ruined the gift of grace. We ruin the gift of grace when we assume that Jesus knows us because of something that we have done. You see, when we think that we are good enough to do something such as cause the creator of the cosmos to see us, when we distort who we really are in light of Christ 
we assume that we are actually good enough or wise enough to make God like us. But friends, grace is realizing that before we knew anything of Christ, before we were told of Christ, before we thought ourselves wise enough to realize our need for Christ, that Christ already saw us. You see, and the grace part of all of this is this. When Christ saw you, Christ loved you. You see, the church today, we have tried to ruin the gift of grace by suggesting that there's something you need to do. The grace part is that you don't need to do anything. Because first and foremost, Christ has already done it. Grace is realizing that we are not good enough to be the initiators. We are not good enough to offer God the rose and see if God is willing to accept. Instead, we are a lot less like the bachelor and the bachelorette. We are more like those who graciously say thank you when the rose is offered to us and we have done nothing to impress. You see, St. Augustine, a 4th century church father, he adds an additional layer of insight into the story of Nathaniel. And I think that it's something that would, we would do well to consider. St. Augustine says, we must inquire whether this fig tree signifies anything to us. The fig tree that Nathaniel is sitting under. He goes on to say, listen, my brethren. We find the fig tree cursed later in John. Because it had leaves and no fruit. He says, in the beginning of the human race, when Adam and Eve sinned, they found themselves making clothing from fig leaves. St. Augustine says, fig leaves signify sin. To which he later goes on to say this, Nathaniel then was there underneath the fig tree which is to say Sam Nathaniel was there underneath the shadow of death. You see, friends, all of us are sitting next to our own fig tree of one way or another. But the good news of the gospel is always this. As we sit underneath of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil. Why? Because God is already with us. You see, the Christian message is not about how much you do in order to make God like you. It's not about what you've done to impress God so that God might say yes to you. The Christian message is always this. Christ died for us while we were yet still sinners. And this proves God's love towards us. Friends, the message of baptism has always been but this. 
in these waters we bring nothing. This is why we baptize infants. We bring nothing to the table. I don't care if you come to the table when you're uh, a week old or you come to the table when you're 100 years old. You bring nothing to the table. But you leave this place realizing that while you came with nothing, because of God, you always had everything. This is the message of baptism. And as we remember our baptisms today, we say, remember your baptism. And we don't say, be thankful you were good enough. We just say, be thankful. Thank you.